Hello and hello and hello and welcome to the TOVG podcast. My name is George Weedman. Jimmy Belikoff is back, and we also have our lovely friends Matt Visual in here with us, along with Jordan underneath us. How is everyone doing these days? That rhyme. Doing good, doing good. I'm just, I'm just trying my best to rhyme better than the rest. Dang. Oh. MC Weed Band over <laughs> this here. This is so meta right now. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, been a couple weeks since we've had Jimmy on. Uh, what you been up to and since then? Um, well, I've been working on some videos, uh, one of which I have out, one of which I am about halfway done editing. Uh, that was a level head that I actually collabed with Jaywitz, and that was super, super cool. Um, the one I'm editing is on a uh, an indie game that I'm excited is to it, talk is about. Is it still Wings of V for? Yes, no, yes, okay. it is. Okay. Um, how did I know? I I don't know. I don't know how you knew. The, the game with the girl. The game, the boobsy anime game. Yeah. That's actually what my wife refers to it as. Is I, the boobs I, game? I, I wonder why. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's a good game though. Okay, it's a good game. No, I, um, I watched some let's plays of it. It looked fun. Yeah, it's it's like. It, I mean, it's made by the guy who made the uh, I Want to Be the Guy mod or like fan game I Want to Be the Bashi, mm-hmm. which is like the stupidly oh, hard yeah. one. I saw that on uh, Awesome Games Done Quick a few yeah, weeks ago. And, and well, yeah, when like when Witwix runs it, that's, <laughs> it, like, looks he makes it look easy. Yeah, yeah. it looked like a but, super easy game for babbies. Right, but that game is like fucking unfairly hard. And uh, Wings of E is like the more, the more like acceptable for purchase version of that where it's like <laughs> it's still kind of unfairly hard but it's like much better with teaching tools the graphics are all nice and polished everything looks great everything sounds great so and, yeah, I'm and excited there's to, uh, talk also about some nice easy to look at marketing materials <laughs> that they can plaster all over the steam page uh yeah yeah that's true too yeah yes it's just like i've always um I don't know if I'm like either off put by by this juxtaposition or like mildly amused by it. But you ever notice how like it, it, in things like that, you have like some cutesy boobsy anime type stylized girl next to like really hyper detailed, absolutely disgusting looking like <laughs> veiny, slimy monsters. Uh-huh. <laughs> is it is it uh, uh, how, how bad does it get? Um, oh, well, okay, I'm not super far in the game because it's fucking hard, but, uh, like, most of the characters are, are around the same design as, as V and her, and her friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to a village of, like, rogue guys or something, and, like, you know, they're, they're not, like, veiny, disgusting <laughs> monsters, they're just regular, regular guys. Because in the screenshots I saw, like, the, it was, it was a cute boobsy anime girl jumping around, like, something absolutely like some kind of Lovecraftian Cthulhu horrifying image of all my worst fears yeah that I mean that's generally like the boss design and most of the like basic enemies but I like character wise in the game even like uh one of the antagonists is just like more or more or less like a regular person design as opposed to a disgusting veiny monster <laughs> it's just a fun juxtaposition that's all yeah no it definitely is and and it also kind of like helps sell it a bit harder yeah i mean i, I think it's it's a deliberate stylized choice and i don't know i like it i think it's a cool game i think it's uh like i said like i said like four times excited to put up the video cool. talk about it cool um, Jordan, what have you what have you been up to? 
I've been playing the Resi remake remake. Oh. <laughs> you've, you've been wanting to play that. I know that. Yeah, yeah, I got it. And I can't wait. I just have to... Um, you have an open it's going to be a while before I can get a chance to sit down with it. But uh, I mean, like, I it's it's the kind of situation where it feels weird to ask how is it because I know exactly how it is. It's remake, <laughs> oh, no, right? Yeah, it's the same game. It's just prettier. <laughs> well, and, like, <laughs> Which the is reason, great. like... It, it doesn't exactly hold up gameplay-wise, but it holds up because the monsters are terrifying and the setting is amazing. Sometimes. I can't help but laugh when those, like, frog zombies come Wait, at you. Wait, <laughs> Frog zombies. Well, have you played Remake before? Yeah. Okay. I, it was you, the you first horror game I ever played. As a you kid. don't remember the frog monster thingies? Like, in the second half of the game, you have to backtrack oh, through a chunk hunters. of mansion. Is, the it, things are like. I, I just remember <laughs> them looking like and slash or reminding me of frogs. So like, my mind just kind of assumes that's what happened when frogs got zombified. Because you know, like they're they're zombie dogs. There's this weird zombie plant thing. It seems to make sense that there would be zombie frogs. Well, the hunters are reptilians, so oh. they they can't be they can't be frogs. Oh yeah, um, they can't be frogs. Frogs are amphibians. <laughs> Although I would like to see zombie fro- I think there are zombie frogs in Resident Evil Outbreak, which is a hilarious game. <laughs> um, I want to actually have a, a question, because recently we discovered, I don't know if any of you guys have, have played uh, Resident Evil Director's Cut. Yeah, I've played yeah. a bit of that. Okay, uh, we recently, a friend of ours uh, made it, like made it known to us that in Resident Evil Director's Cut, the mansion basement music is fucking god awful. It's so horribly bad. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> like, I no way. I saw a compilation video of like uh-huh. oh, was famous, it the horror movies yeah, ones? Like famous yes. horror movies with the basement theme. Like, <laughs> have, you, have any of you guys heard it aside I've, from me and Jordan? I, I have no. heard it. I haven't played up to that point, but. As far as like infamous bad video game music YouTube playlists go, it's like yeah. always there on the list somewhere. Right, right. Wait, Matt, uh, Matt I need to send it to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For, please. For, for the benefit of Matt, it's like it, it's like somebody like threw a small kitten onto a keyboard with stock like brass horns <laughs> oh, and started oh. flying like a laser pointer across the keys. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> it's it's like I can't bring myself to like sing and something so like out of tune. Isn't there like an official story behind it? Like it was something scrapped that got left in and passed through localization somehow? I have no idea. It's just funny when you go back because I, I was like curious like what was the original game this bad? And I looked at the original Games music and it was like no it was it's cheesy but it like it, it's like <laughs> it at least it's makes creepy. Sense. it fits yeah it, it makes sense it's like a song I love and I was many just wondering <laughs> I was just wondering if remake remake had that anywhere in it I, <laughs> somewhere I, I don't no no, I don't, no. the music yeah. for the basement in the remake is like it's like okay so it's just like ambient it's stuff ambience, yeah uh, okay it's actually one of the more like really gross sounding pieces in the game I kind of oh. like the basement theme. I, I can't. Rem- I remember this now. The wah, 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 wah. <laughs> yeah, this is this is not. This is not good okay. music. Literally, yeah. every time I'm on the podcast, we talk about Resident Evil for like every 25 single minutes. time. Every single time. Well, when you're not on the podcast, we end up talking about Smash Brothers for like 25 minutes. <laughs> oh, you guys did that last time too. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I wanted you to give around, my so input, but Smash. since I don't since I don't play games with human beings, I didn't have much input. <laughs> 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 that, I mean, that means like, you play with something else. 
No, just just myself. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I just, you could, you, Matt sets you up for like a great like like a, creepy a, a, a story know, right? moment to like make about yourself, and then you just expand the lore. The lore, the lore, the lore the Jordan underneath lore. Yeah. Well, I guess it's kind of funny that um, you, you know, usually we talk about Smash, we always end up talking about Resident Evil at some point, but mm-hmm. now I'm I'm going through a lot of horror games. Like not mm-hmm. necessarily, I didn't plan this out, but all of a sudden I have a shitload of horror games to play and it's kind of like made me realize just how much of a comeback the genre made in the past two years do we have uh-huh. i mean i know we have amnesia to blame for that do we have slender to blame for that um maybe for like if there was any reason to blame slender for that it would be that because it was a horror game that went viral that people would have looked for other games like you can't blame it for like influencing any games maybe well, yeah. i think just influencing hit the, the masses like even more so than amnesia like the oh, really yeah, really distant masses to yeah, a point yeah. where it, was it really did make people interested yeah. but what i'm what i'm saying is like you, like you're not gonna see like alien isolation or uh the evil within going like oh yeah we took we they, there's obviously heavy inspiration from slender the arrival like <laughs> no like may you can you can easily pick out something like oh there's inspiration from you know what amnesia did but like I wouldn't say that Slender had an impact on like horror games other than like market wise. Well, I would like to that imagine that, that more horror games are going to be using monsters that react to your line of sight, which makes uh-huh. a lot of sense. Like, no, like I, think, I of... think Slender actually did a little bit, and I hate to even admit it because like I hate that game. Like, right, I right, hate that know, game more yeah. than any other horror game I've like, ever played. <laughs> um, but. There's a lot of games that have ripped it off. Just the style of like wandering around in an open area oh, yeah. with one and, monster and they're that always just like randomly made by appears. one person. Yeah, <laughs> and they're they're put on the internet for free, and you have yeah. to pick up stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah pick up great. the the eight thingies while the one thingy chases after you. Okay. Well, anyways, <laughs> what, I mean, I just finished The Evil Within, which I started okay. a few weeks ago. Oh, it's it's no. a weird ass game. I don't know if I like it or not. Well, no, I don't. I don't. But um, on the way there, I was I was confused a lot because the game has extremely inconsistent levels of quality as it goes along. It's just mm. kind of like a a a weird. Um, they they threw a bunch of levels in a blender, and uh-huh. you kind of uh, wade your way through the resulting mush. Like like sometimes <laughs> you you come across a really great chunk of a really mediocre level sometimes you come across a really great level that comes right before and after a long string of bad levels and <laughs> and it's just like so many of the ideas make sense about as much as they don't make sense i i i don't know but now i'm doing alien isolation which which is a lot easier to judge thankfully mm-hmm. i mean i have a lot of weird issues with its own quirks but i also am enjoying it so far like it, it is the closest thing to system shock 2 i have played since i don't know like it is just by setting alone and also by a lot of like interface and control quirks it uh-huh. is way more system shocky than like bioshock was oh, wow. for example so did you like the beginning of it did you like the setup an alien isolation yeah it take it takes it a long ass time to get going i feel like an hour doesn't mean a lot because because you don't really start doing what the game's like famous for which is sneaking around and playing with the ai of this alien until like Four hours in, mm. but like that was the same with Amnesia. Oh yeah, like, I mean they want to build up to it, but four hours is kind of an overkill. Four, but, yeah, maybe four hours is a bit much. I'm trying to remember exactly how long it took Amnesia to do so because uh, uh, my playthrough was about, about ninety minutes. 
My playthrough is about 12 hours. I mean, the first encounter with the monster doesn't really count because when you see it, it's walking off to a despawn zone. And by the time you can, like, you get the courage to go look, it's, like, not even in the map anymore. But I'm talking about, like, a direct interaction that's, with the monster. That's kind of how the alien works, except, like, it doesn't... Um it's hard to tell, and that's a good thing that I don't really know how it works yet, because that okay. means I can still be surprised. But right. it seems like it stays in the map with you, except uh-huh. um, kind of in in like an invisible state inside the vents, and it just kind of stumbles through the vents towards whoever is making noise in the map. And you mm-hmm. actually do a lot of sneaking in combat with human enemies and android enemies who can... Well, I don't know about the android. The alien ignores those guys. But you can, like, throw noisemakers or, like, get into combat situations that you can, like, summon the alien against <laughs> other human enemies. Right. And The only uh, thing I really don't like about Alien Isolation is the androids. Just because they're not very scary. I mean, I they could like be scary. I feel like they could have been. I thought they were pretty scary. Yeah. Uh, not, like, in the way of, like, oh, my gosh, like, the alien, but... I think it has to do with they were kind of annoying to kill, and that's why it was a little yeah. bit scary. You can't well. kill shit in this game. Right. I love it. I you love that. You just have to kind of run away from the androids. They always grab you. It's like, get off me. You, you just kind of want to <laughs> and, and, oh, and like, kill them. You want to waste if, your ammo if just there to get are that satisfaction. human beings you can kill, it does a, uh, like... It very, 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 very heavily favors stealth, even though you can gunfight. You just have, like, six bullets to do it with, and Uh and their aim is way better than yours for some reason, which never happens in a game. And Mm. so, yeah, I I, I kind of like the the design, the interface. I did not expect Creative Assembly to make a polished, (laughs) working, well-optimized game for once. That is of a whole new genre that they haven't done before. The main complaint everyone seems to have about it is that it is slow, so slow paced that it drags on for a long time. And I guess yeah. since I'm still in the beginning of it, I haven't really felt that, that yet. It never bothered me because it's just so atmospheric and I love the yeah. setting. And that's, and that's why I love I the beginning have... of it a lot. Is because mm. of that atmospheric. I didn't mind that I wasn't getting to the the butt clenching part, which I call it. The butt it. clenching? Yes. <laughs> that's all I was doing because the, the AI was just. It, it, it wants to kill you. You you right. think it's a way, and then it jumps right back out. Like it's ah, uh, it's it's a little bit frustrating at some points love... because sometimes the AI will glitch and just walk around, walk around. And you can't even get out. And you're like, okay, you know what? Forget this. I love I love <laughs> the idea of the monster that you're um trying to sneak around and escape from has. Um, of having like two very different play states of its own and one is where it's in the vents and it can basically like teleport to any nearer vent exit closer to you and the Mm -hmm. other is when it's actually walking around the ship and you have to like you know keep an eye on it and and avoid it but um you you hear it move around in the vents as you move around and you like know you're being hunted and that it's looking for a place to find you and you have to like actively think about ways to to make noises somewhere else so it goes thumping around the vents after that thing instead Mm because it it's uh its senses are kind of limited and in a fun way that i appreciate I don't hmm. like hearing that vent drop a load, and then you just <laughs> it just jumps right at you. It has great <laughs> footstep noises too. This game has really great audio. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I, I want to say uh, maybe sound design is one of the biggest elements yeah. in the horror game can have mm-hmm. like a positive for because Amnesia had like 
insane sound design. And it's and that's so why important I, because you have to listen to what Vince, the alien, is stumbling and fumbling his way around. Right. And it right. also helps, like... Is... <laughs> Sorry. No, no, yeah, I was just going to say, like, I... I do notice sound design more than anything else, but I think it's kind yeah. of equal with visuals too. Like those are just the two biggest factors. Is right. what you're I also and what really you're like the idea of the alien like clumsily fumbling around in these vents and stubbing his toe <laughs> like on his, his way to like become a badass super predator hunter. He just kind of has to like shuffle his way through whatever garbage is is behind the walls of the ship. It's a little bit of uh, fun, like comic relief I came up with completely on my own. Also, it made me want to rewatch Alien, which I did last night. So, yeah, points for that. And how was it? That, that movie oh, it's holds a great up. movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. It does. It really Except does. For that, you know, that scene where something pokes out of someone's chest. Oh, no, that's it. Well, it's funny. Like, <laughs> uh, it's a classic. I didn't it's notice that. So <laughs> this is the second stick. time I've seen it. The first time I was I was absolutely in love. It, it's one of my favorite movies ever. And the second time just now, I was like, wow, a lot of monsters in this movie are just like sliding around on a rail. <laughs> I didn't notice that the first time when I was sucked into it. And I guess that means it was doing something right, though. Yeah. I the think the about, only thing that looks bad is the baby alien when it's like, ah, and just yeah. like runs off. But other than and that, it everything slides looks on real. a rail across the table. Yeah, <laughs> it's so <laughs> obvious. The you... thing about Alien, which is it's funny because it might it kind of parallels Isolation, is the fact that that movie took like an hour and 10 minutes before anything happened yeah it was also really really slow paced like like it's i think more than half of the movie is the build-up to the fact that something is wrong the foggy blue alien moon planet for literally half the movie just just hanging out they're not actually trapped in space with the alien until like an hour in yeah yeah so i mean like i don't want to like give alien isolation like so much credit but maybe that was kind of the point of having such a slow startup was they wanted to emulate the movie whether or not it worked i don't know it, but it like it does almost seem like a like video gamified remake of the movie at a lot of points oh, like, really? like yeah, the, I, I think people know a certain scene that just plays out exactly like the movie that that uh I don't know if I want to spoil it either, but but mm. there's like shit, a sequence of events that happen that follows scenes in the movie almost verbatim halfway through. Ah, uh, yeah, interesting. Anyways, oh, God. remember how last week we got a question from a fan where he wanted to combine the last movie we saw with the last game we played. Yeah. What do you do when the answers to those questions are alien and alien alien. isolation? (laughs) Right. Oh, Uh, now I'm trying to think of what was the last movie I saw. The Hobbit, Battle of Five Armies, and the last game I played was um, The Talos Principle? So you would solve puzzles about The Hobbit. I'd solve puzzles and there would be an unnecessary love triangle somewhere in there. Somewhere. Hey Anyone? <laughs> Anybody? No. <laughs> hey Matt, what have you been up to? Uh, um, I've been playing a lot of things, but I did pull out the PS2 and play um, Mr. Ooh. Mosquito. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> interesting. I <laughs> some very very fun childhood memories. Some very weird childhood memories with that game. Yeah. Um, have any of you? seen it yes. or played it yeah i have not i have yeah. not yeah. it's it's it's, it's so a gem you're, you're a mosquito right and um it's a very it's one of those games it's trying to be weird 
it's a mm-hmm. weird game, you know. Mm-hmm. So you you start as it, it, it makes it it makes it seem like humans are the bad people during the summer because it's hot and everything, so they're more irritated. So every time a mosquito comes around, like they smack the mosquito and it says, "Oh, you know, they kill mosquitoes and that's a very bad thing. You must mm-hmm. suck blood." And you must like it and stuff and like that. And the narrator, so it, yeah, like, yeah, it, it's such she a says mon- that in like a really smooth, like, kind of like patronizing kindergarten teacher voice. <laughs> no, it's more like it. She's just like a robot. Like, it's you. Do you it, like everything about blood? it? Is surreal. Yes, <laughs> it's very good. Do you enjoy? And it's just like, wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you started off. You start off at the um, like the, the the daughter's room, and the voice acting is just like mm, it's so top notch, man. It's so <laughs> it's so top notch. It, it is PS2 Japanese game voice acting. Yeah, it's it's Dubbed great. In English. And the accents don't even make sense. Like most of it, mo- like the the mom has a different accent than the dad. It's just really weird. Oh um, boy, you have to get a certain spot on uh, to suck blood. And in order to do that, you have to, like, turn on the radio or turn off the lights <laughs> so she can get up and turn it off. And then when she comes back onto the bed, you can, like, suck the blood or whatever. And I guess, it, you know, it changes every every once in a while. But when I was doing this, um, so I would turn off the light and she'd be like, why? Why? That's what she would say in this weird voice acting voice. But when she would sit down, you, you have to land on top of her skin and just, like twirl the the left stick no the right stick and just uh-huh. twirl it really really fast really fast and try to keep it in this like uh this area on this okay. bar and you have to suck up as much blood as you can but if she if she feels it she'll like smack you and then you can like abort at any time that's the basic game you know eventually you know you go to different areas you know maybe the boobs <laughs> i don't know you know while she's in the shower <laughs> You go to different areas, but yeah. So uh, that is Mr. Mosquito. It's very uh, the controls are very. Mm, it's 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 a good game for for like a let's play, but yeah. like actually playing it yourself is is a, a very very clunky fumbling experience. But it, it is kind like of reminds me a little bit of uh, Katamari Damacy for some reason for some yeah. reason like that, that realm of just like weirdness except I feel like there's like a really sinister evil layer underneath Mr. Mosquito because yeah. <laughs> like as you gradually play the game you steadily realize that you were driving this this like really really monotone ambient overdosing Japanese family absolutely nuts you are tormenting them by literally sucking their blood out and like following them into the bathroom It's and, and just like completely invading their privacy and their life and literally draining them of their lifeblood at the same time, and they go mad. It's, it's, hmm. it's, it's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. For the PS2 era, I was like, I didn't even know games like this existed back then. But apparently they did. <laughs> they very rarely did, because you couldn't, like, uh, import and market niche stuff like that as, as easy as you can now. Like, they had to have um, super specific publishers set up for them. Like, I remember the, the label that put uh, Mr. Mosquito out in North America was the same one that did Guitaro Man. And um, I think they eventually spun off into Atlas later on. But those games were were uh, fairly uncommon 
back uh I want to say before like um I don't know 2009ish. Yeah. Like I was uh looking at um the Yakuza series for example. Like Ooh. I really enjoy Yakuza 3. I'd like to play the rest of them and I couldn't help but notice that Yakuza 5 which came out in 2012 in Japan still hasn't come out in America. But for some reason that doesn't stop like Akiba Strip from coming out. Or sorry, Akiba's Trip from coming out three times on on three different platforms after like no even before the Japanese release. <laughs> <laughs> like super super duper niche Japanese stuff is is apparently much more easy to market nowadays. I think. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I miss Shimu. Where's Shimu? Oh yeah, at, Shinmu. Man? I yeah. I don't know. They they <laughs> couldn't they couldn't make the bucks because of uh, the the Xbox took away their Shinmu and then didn't sell it very well. Yeah. Although I, it hasn't exactly held up very well. Have any of you guys gone back and played Shinmu one? I've never. I, I watched. Uh, I think Grumps played it like a year or so ago. I watched that. And I, I, I mean, like, it's iconic for its bad voice acting. So, like, yeah. that's why I watched it. Because you it wanted to play a game of Lucky Hip. <laughs> or was it Hit? I don't know. There. I don't, know. I, don't, I don't. I don't really know much about Shenmue to be honest. I don't know. Um. So you know how I've been uh, trying to play more fighting games lately, even though I suck at them. Right. I was over at a friend's house uh, the other night, and he had a oh, copy yeah. of Injustice, Gods Among Us, Ooh. that he had never played. So we popped it in, and uh, I laughed my ass off for the next, yeah. like, 90 minutes. It was great. Yeah. Like, have, uh, J- Jimmy, you sound like you might know. Um, I know that it is ridiculous. Um, it is, I'm not it is a big so fan ridiculous. Of, I'm not a big fan of the fight mechanics of Injustice. I don't like the whole, like... It's like, weird, like tiebreaker thing that happens and all Were that. You like wager on a button. We right. never figured it. We never figured out what was going on. It, all, it just seems like I think I'm at the point where I'm like Street Fighter is the only respectable fight game. Everything else is just kind of even Smash. Well, like uh, Smash, I I just don't consider Smash like traditional fighting oh, game. Yeah. It's like a it's a brawler of sorts, and I I think that puts sets it apart. Like. In like a two D plane, one on one fighting game, like like just straight up fighter. I think Street Fighter is like the one, and like everything else is like a little bit behind, a little like a level below. They're like trying to do their own thing, but Street Fighter like got the formula right, and like I don't know. I kind of feel like if I wanted to, that. like yeah. like if I like watching like Marvel vs. Capcom, I'm just like this is stupid. Like I don't enjoy this at all. <laughs> where one guy never drops a combo and you just right. die. Yeah, it's, I it's love that. Where it's like, like as soon as you hit the skill ceiling, whoever hits first is the one who wins the match. I and then it's like, I all right, can't believe what people pay to watch that. I don't yeah. get Dive it. Kick. I'm so get it like, I, was, oh, I don't get I it. I apologize to Marvel vs. Capcom fans out there. I just, I don't know. It's like a fun casual fighting game for me. It's like Soul Calibur. I would never be able to take Soul Calibur seriously, but I enjoy playing it a lot. But like. If we're going competitive, I'm just going to say Street Fighter. There there were, I don't know if there still are, but there were tournaments for Injustice, like, for a short period. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, I remember seeing some in my in my local area when I was <laughs> looking up fight game tournaments. I think it's still at mm-hmm. like Evil, just pretty small. It might be, like, just <laughs> really small. 
Maybe you know, like maybe. the ones that are, are held like in the janitor's closet type thing. Yeah, everyone just just yeah. kind of like Hacks laughs in. in the background, and yeah. and the <laughs> players just walk up and walk down one after a time, at a really fast pace. Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice how how the B button doesn't uh, doesn't really hold consistent actions across all the characters in that game? I couldn't figure out like what I was doing every time I switched to a new guy because they would have a radically different um, kind of scheme. Also, it mm-hmm. has three buttons, which is extremely weird. Like, like A was was a uh, like low attack, X mid, Y high, and then B mm-hmm. just it it was either a thing that charged or did an attack or did nothing at all, depending on the character <laughs> you picked. Uh, yeah, that's weird. Uh, I don't know. I don't know much about the game. I, I only know what what friends have told me. To be you, honest, you should and... you should at least check it out for the story mode though, because that's when when we started giggling our booties off. Because um, <laughs> it's just like absolutely completely nuts. Like they literally come up with any excuse whatsoever to have a bunch of superheroes fight each other because that's what you see in like 60 seconds after booting up. Our superheroes flying through the air in the city, just punching each other in the face. There's like eight of these things happening on screen mm-hmm. in any given frame. And it's all just superheroes floating in front of each other, punching them in the face. And it's like, it's, it's what you get on the box. I mean, I can't complain. I had no, absolutely no knowledge why any of of that stuff was happening. But then they make up some plot as they go along. It all uh, comes about very fast paced, about like traveling through some alternate universe through the trans-dimensional nuclear bomb that Lex Luthor sets up to blow up the Justice League or something. I don't know. Like Apparently, DC nowadays is like super edgy as hell, but also like just as dumb as it always was. And it's like Mm -hmm. a really weird juxtaposition position that sometimes leads to hilarious moments and the thing that blew my mind is that there's no loading screens during this whole thing like characters will will go from talking to one another saying mean things and the camera will just zoom out and the fighting game will begin yeah they they, they won't even count down to it Uh. and and it's just a very a very seamless smooth ridiculous and entertaining fighting game story mode and they there aren't a lot of those yeah i mean like from my viewpoint i think i've said this a couple times on the on the podcast like one player modes and stuff are just thrown into into most fighting games as a formality at this mm-hmm. point they're often they're often like a a series of like cookie cutter like fight this person who you have some sort of lore with like most games don't even like expand that it's just like a quick scene where they're like hello we must fight cuz we are enemies and then they like fight um and then usually the last boss uh, it has like frame perfect inputs on everything is completely cheap and overpowered and is not fun to play and that's like one player fighting games in a nutshell but then like because they're meant to be played multiplayer like that's how they're meant mm-hmm. to be played so they're like we don't need to put effort in this like dumb single player dumbness but well, I, just, I don't know I, I, don't know. I, like, I really it, it's enjoy... interesting to me that, that Injustice did something like a little more than that you know it, it is like only a little more like it's not um I really think like the pinnacle for playing a fighting game by yourself might have been with Soul Calibur 1 on the Dreamcast where they had a uh, mission battle mode that had um gradually unlocked hundreds of different little weird scenarios where oh, you yeah, fought yeah. against bots with with uh, different conditions that always kind of right, surprised right. you that's, and, um, and they also had a narrative been, behind them I think a that's of, been Soul Calibur's MO for a while I, they kind of dropped it in 4 and 5 but I know 2 and 3 had weapons master mode which I think is the same thing you had like a grid 
it was like a D&D kind of like grid table of like a dungeon that you go through and everything was like you fight this guy but he's invisible or fight this guy but um, like you can't use this like you can't use like your B attacks or something or whatever yeah. and uh, you would unlock specific weapons and every character had like 18 weapons or something and, That's and I Harper. had the time of my life with it there was also like an actual in, in one at least I don't remember much about two even though I also played the hell out of that one but one was just like such a definitive experience for me as a kid anyways mm-hmm. you um there was actual compelling narrative behind it on on a weird level like every new mission you would unlock would have paragraphs of of flavor text to read through Mm -hmm. and that also it 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 was like a testament to how like soul caliber one at least is like back before they started like screwing it up with a whole bunch of sequels that made it way too complicated to follow like that is a fighting game with actual good lore behind it i never played one i started on two so i i've never i've never been able to see the lore the the idea is that everyone is trying to get a sword that turns them into terrible soul hunting creatures right and uh and the the story itself changes depending on who you're playing but the whole while from the very beginning you can play as nightmare who has soul edge to begin with right it's just kind of like fighting the heroes who are coming after his sword but they might not know he has the sword uh-huh. and it's uh it's it's fun it's fun mm-hmm Anyways, we have a lot of news to go over this week. A lot of uh, a lot of stuff went down soon, soon after this break. <laughs> Look who's popping into McDonald's! It's Mario from the new Super Mario Brothers free game. And when you buy a McDonald's Happy Meal, you'll get a Jumping Mario or a Kooky Luigi, a Koopa Paratroopa, or a little Goomba. McDonald's Happy Meal. You can collect all four. Hello and welcome back to the TOVG podcast. Um, Like I said, a lot of stuff happened this week, so let's get right into it. <clears throat> Remember a game called H1Z1 that uh, uh, yeah. is, is in the process of coming out. They just released an early access for it. I believe Matt and I watched some of it during E3, yeah. and it, uh, it looked janky as hell. We have a friend uh-huh. who is looking forward to it, and we made fun of him. But look mm-hmm. what happens. It turns out to be having a really rough time launching its early access. There was a big kerfuffle over how it uh, was handling it some in-game purchases, which is going to be an airdrop full of useful supplies that a player buys. The uh, idea, though, is that it will drop at some random point on the map and have some sort of uh, very public announcement to other players on the map about where it's going to be, which will trigger some kind of like brawl or free-for-all, like a little fight over what some other player paid money for and hope they get might end oh. up in the hands of some other player because everyone knows when and where to be to have that same advantage. Well, uh, it turns out that um, during the first few days of Early Access, it might have even just been one day, I don't know, this was a really short-lived controversy, mm-hmm. Um players were actually getting these airdrops fairly close to where their in-game avatar on the map was, Mm -hmm. which effectively turned it into a bunch of pay-to-win garbage. Right. So, as a response, Sony Online Entertainment was actually offering refunds, complete, no questions asked, refunds for a day on uh, both the Steam and console versions for this thing. And uh, now the developer is saying that they're going to patch it out to make the drop radius a bit um, 
larger and the drop speed slower to uh, account for that. But the thing that I guess as, as I'm not really interested in this game, but right. I am interested in the fact that SOE was giving people refunds yeah, for, uh, for a game having a uh, blatantly unbalanced pay to win mechanic. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's that crazy, to be honest. I don't well, know. Well, you play MMOs, so you have different standards than the rest of us. Well, mm. uh, I mean, what? You pay for an <laughs> ammo crate, and it comes down. You get guns that you can lose in two seconds anyway. Like, I don't know. I, I, yes, I, don't, I get I don't know it. how the I game works. Huh? So I mean I don't know how long those guns are gonna last you, but if it like is trying to do a Daisy well, thing, die. then have you guys ever played Daisy? I have not. Well, I, I've you die like it, it's that quick. It, you you <laughs> can die just because someone is sniping from a long way, or yeah, some idiot should you who spawned with a baseball bat and starts to beat you down. It, it or happens. should you have that baseball bat? The odds of survival are suddenly much much more farther in your favor. Yeah, yeah. I, I, people have taken taken down people with guns with a baseball bat. It's it's happened. It's, you, know, you need a skill, man. You gotta you gotta use that that was. Gotta use that was, but, but this game is pretty much. I don't. I I can't talk about the pay to win com, um, components, but the game itself, it, it's just. It looks just like a the same clunky Daisy. Like it doesn't look like it's do, doing anything like revolutionary as far as it, the way it handles. Like the the animations still look like. I don't know. It was that E3 trailer where I like had to rewind and watch it again, where it looked like the model was being was a puppet held by a stick that someone's yeah, arm was just like jiggling that. up and down as it was walking. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Like, why can't you make better animations? It's an open world map. Like, people make bigger games like this. This, do you have a team? <laughs> why? Why is, it is does it look so clunky? It's Sony Online <sighs> Entertainment. It is the uh, the the what, what what's a good word? The successor of Star Wars Galaxies, and I still can't believe that it like looks like this. Because <laughs> it, it, it's a legit company. Like the, the this is this is the EverQuest company. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure you know you know it, it's a beta and everything. But when you when you put out beta, you, you kind of expect it to at least have some some foundation. And from what I've seen and my friends have played, it's it's very just more of the same. Like, it's not it's you might as well stay in DayZ. Like, it, there's no reason to buy it. And it's going to be free to play when it comes out. Right. You, you only pay twenty dollars for early access. So, I mean, for a free game, like whatever, you know, but still like it. It doesn't look like it's doing anything it's not achieving this new level of survival, uh, zombie survival. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like also the same. ugly. Super, yeah, I don't like ugly. ugly. I don't, I don't <laughs> like, I, it's, if, uh, I just don't understand like, Oh, I'm going to make a zombie clone. Let me just put it out. Cause people are just going to play it and people do buy Apparently, it too. Yeah. It, 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 uh, otherwise it there wouldn't be a nuts. controversy. Um, <laughs> well, anyways, always find speaking, yeah. speaking of people buying things, that uh, that maybe they shouldn't have any justifiable reason oh, to buy. Boy. Here we go. 
<laughs> a, uh, <laughs> uh, this happened on January 9th. A Nintendo collector named Daily Dose, or Mario to Plumber, depending on, I guess, what forums he's posting in, has mm. uh, ordered more than 100 Rosalina and Luma Amiibos because he hates her and her fans and doesn't want them to have those oh. figures instead of him. <laughs> this this was a Destructoid post that um, covered it. It, it was a... Uh, interview on a nintendo fan site called nintendo nugget they've since take this down taken it down i guess just to like keep the guy from having as hard of a time (laughs) but he basically like he said i do not appreciate rosalina appearing and sorry i do not appreciate rosalina appearing in almost every recent mario game to date the fact (laughs) nintendo promotes her so much and people praise her is just disgusting and then he posted pictures of his crates full of Rosalina figures <laughs> with his middle finger on the bottom of the frame in Whoa. front of the boxes. <laughs> this is the greatest hate crime to ever befall the gaming community. He's, oh my God. He claims he's already spent $4,000 on Amiibos and has budgeted no. an additional $35,000 to keep buying them, particularly no. Lucina, Palutino, Robin, and Zero Suit Samus, all of whom he has a similar hatred for those characters and their fans. Wow. This is... I mean... Yeah, I I don't even want to say absolutely anything. Fuck this guy. That's it. That's all I have to say. This guy is a fucking plebeian. Well, he like... This guy is a shitlord. He probably knows that. <laughs> like, I mean, like, he's probably, like, laughing it up in his house right exactly. now. Like, because he's like ha- has, wiping, like, a million dollars. Wiping and he's, the tears with his dollar bills. <laughs> he, like, he's probably trolling everybody on purpose. He probably has way more money than he knows what to do, do with. And he's not actually, like, hating these characters. And he just made up this character of Mario to plumber. Maybe it's but, just like, a that okay that would be kind of funny seriously though but but on the real like fuck this guy because there are people out there who just want to like get their kid uh, like a rosalina maybe he is the sole reason why nintendo has stock stocking issues no that's just nintendo being stupid like Notch bought a mansion in Beverly Hills that like Rihanna wanted to buy, but he had more money. So he no, it, it was uh, it was Jay Z Leon- and Beyonce. Oh. oh, I thought it was Leonardo she- DiCaprio. We're just going no, no, through no, the no. list of no, celebrities. It was, was Jay Z and Beyonce. Yeah, he outbid Jay Z and Beyonce. He bought it for like seventy million or something. So picturing Dang. him doing this is like, very I mean, like I've seen pictures of the inside of his house. There's a wall of candy. There's yeah. like a wall of like oh, yeah. candy dispensers. I've seen and that candy other wall. Ridiculous things. That's why I thought of him first. I mean, it would be it would be funny if this was him. I would be a little more amused. But at the moment, I'm just angry that this guy is a. Like, what if someone who hates how fans want to play Smash with GameCube controllers wanted... What if what if some guy out there, or girl, I don't know, bought hundreds of GameCube Wii U adapters, and that's why they're so hard to find? Like, like okay, granted, it might be a Nintendo problem, too, because specifically Nintendo might not be making enough to cater both to the mainstream audience who wants this stuff, never and the one person... <laughs> And also, the one person who orders hundreds of them just for themselves. Right. I don't know. I think, generally, 
I mean, like, there's a little blame on Nintendo. They should just be mass producing all this shit because we like everybody should have the ability to get an amiibo. Yeah, I like, can't even serious. get get his favorite character because Nintendo doesn't want to print a lot. Because this guy ruined rare. Christmas. <laughs> Pisses yeah. me off, man. I don't. That's why I haven't yeah. even bought one yet. I'm not even bought one. I haven't one bought yet. one either. I like. I kind of wanted a Samus one, just regular Samus, because that's who I main. But then, like, I don't want one. I don't know. Um, I don't know. You might I don't know, be guys. able to make a really great bot out of it. Like, I don't want one either because I don't want a piece of plastic lying around my house. Yet another piece of plastic lying around my house. Because ever since I got a Wii U, my house has had a lot more plastic in it. Mm -hmm. um, oh, that That's the thing that I, I... I don't know if this was confirmed, but there was, like, a, a rumor that Nintendo was going to be releasing, like, post versions of Amiibos, but they were going to be, like, cards... So they weren't gonna have like the. It'd be a little cheaper to make. Yeah, so. they'd be like everybody would be able to be able to get them, and well, they would just be like whatever character, and it would have whatever functions that character had. And I do kind of <coughs> want to get amiibos just because I got the uh, the Majora's Mask new 3DS, um, and so I know the new 3DS has uh, amiibo support, and I'm curious to see what amiibos work with what and i want to see I, stuff i really don't like the idea of having to buy a physical good to unlock and slash or activate something that is purely software because i really really want like if i could make an amiibo bot without having the piece of plastic laying around my house mm -hmm. I, I i would i would even rather buy that as dlc yeah i mean i guess that's kind of the point I, I, like, i'm just in it these for the are bot. like the the midpoint of collector's item and dlc and the like there it's kind of neat implications that it could gain value over time because like for example the link amiibo on release you know it supported hyrule warriors and smash and might support uh, uh majora's mask when that's on new 3ds like there might be something you can get in majora's mask 3ds on the new 3ds with that link amiibo and maybe more games will come out like bayonetta 2 has the link costume and the Mario Kart 8 has the Link suit for your me thing, and it's like you know, in it's one a of cool those games, idea. I don't have I don't, to buy any extra shit. In the other of those games, I do. Like I, like uh, okay, uh, what I'm saying yeah. is like it, it's a neat idea that you can buy a one-time physical DLC that keeps giving you more stuff the more games come out. But at the same time, I totally get where everybody's coming just, from. Just just think, think of dumb. think of the children. Who, who are, like, slaving away in a factory somewhere to okay. make these Anibos on an assembly uh, line. If you want to go that route, then go go bark up Disney Infinity's tree before you talk about Nintendo, because they mass-produce. I won't buy those either. I know, but I'm saying if we're talking Think of the Children, direct your hate towards the company who's doing more of it. Okay. Just saying. I'm just saying. No, no, I get you. I get you. I, I want to point out, like... <laughs> It's a little bit different as well for like the Kirby, the Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. Um, uh -huh. Like if you have like the a special amiibo, you can get like the hat that gives you an extra life bar, and then uh, uh -huh. another one like the Meta Knight one, which will give you like extra damage, and you can mm -hmm. keep like spamming your weapon like that type of stuff. Like, <sighs> I don't know. Like I don't know if I'm okay with that. You know, I feel like I. I feel like I want to get that now. It's just like, okay, well, hold up. I want to have an extra life bar. It's like game breaking. Yeah. 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 That's, that's not good. <laughs> kind of like having your games taken away by the government. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, you know, that stuff doesn't happen here in America where we love freedom and french fries. But meanwhile, (laughs) in the People's Democratic Republic of Australia, um, the Australian Classification Board has refused to classify Hotline Miami 2, effectively banning it from sale within the country. However, I guess they could always import it or, like, buy a digital version from somewhere else like they Mm -hmm. have been forever because... I say that that, like they have been forever because two years ago they didn't have an equivalent of an M rating. If if you guys remember, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a big deal when when the uh, Australian Classification Board finally added an R eighteen plus rating to its uh-huh. uh, list of things it was it was allowing people to sell. And I, 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 I now that they have it, I guess they're not as willing <laughs> to use it just as people. Use it. Uh, yeah. 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 Australia is whack. In response to Australia being whack, a uh, <laughs> one of the game's developers, I guess like the developer, a guy named Jonathan Soderstrom, said that fans should just pirate it. If yeah. it ends up being not, <laughs> quote, if it ends up being not released in Australia, just pirate it after release. I no think that's actually No need to send us hilarious. any money. Just, it is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, cause I guess if, uh, you know, the Australian economy wanted, wanted more money, it could, uh, I don't, I don't know, let people sell like this game inside of it. The yeah. ultimate laziness, but it's beautiful <laughs> in a sense. <laughs> and it also like gets the point across because it's like probably the best way to get this game for, for Australians. Anyway, I mean, like, oh, well, oh. can they... Can they stop it from being sold via Steam? I I think oh god, it's it's complicated, it's a can of worms and the rules change all the time, but I think there were ways to like fudge around Steam's region marketing preferences by like making your account in some other region or um like I know what you do for console games in Australia, at least before they had the R eighteen rating, was import them from a site called Play Asia, oh, which yeah. like doubled the price. It like for some reason games in Australia are already expensive to begin with. Oh and yeah, then no, when you, Australia's game market is fucking ridiculous, dude. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I can't really like speak from experience because I have not been an Australian trying to buy non-Australian games in Australia, but a lot of um, users have told me they have to either import it from some weird shady website or like make. <laughs> have like a list of alternate accounts they sign into stuff from that uh that is not yet implementing some kind of region locking to keep them from buying it on Australia. Yeah. <sighs> um Meanwhile, Nintendo is also selling... Oh, God, this actually is good news that had me really freaking excited for a day. Mm-hmm. Nintendo yeah. is selling Wii games on Wii U, starting with Super Mario Galaxy 2, moving on to Donkey Kong Country Returns, and then... Metroid Prime Trilogy! <laughs> That's actually the one I'm super excited about. Yeah, um, me too. And the best thing about it is that on the week of launch for each of these games on the console $10. is going to be ten bucks each. Oh god! Oh. And, and as far as like Nintendo th- pricing oh. goes, that is it's, it's that, phenomenal. That, that that is the best you can ever look forward to. Because we're not talking about ten dollars for Metroid Prime, ten dollars for Metroid Prime Echoes, and ten dollars for Metroid Prime Corruption. We're talking about ten dollars for the fucking trilogy. That's amazing. 
It's, Monday, I'm so Monday, excited. Monday. The Prime games are like my favorite Metroids, mm-hmm. aside from like Fusion. And so I'm super excited to, first of all, to play three, because I've never played three before, but also just to have all of them ready to go well, on my I Wii U whenever I want. I also did not have a Wii. It's like, yeah, I, I, I didn't have a Wii either. I, I might have played like, I don't know, 15 minutes of Super Mario Galaxy in my entire life. And that is a lot of people's favorite game of like that generation. Yeah, especially and, a lot of people say two, Mario Galaxy 2 is like the best Mario definitively. And so I, I feel like I should play it. Maybe but I, I want to yeah, start with one. Right. I think legit. Galaxy 1 is better, but that's just because I like theming and I, I like personality more than, you know, size and scale. Uh-huh. It's 20 bucks it's, it's on like, Amazon. I've been looking at it for a while. Well, you know, <laughs> you could get it for 10 Wait, are you talking Galaxy 1 or 2? Galaxy 1. I, I always okay. start with the first one. I can't play I'm, I'm gonna, a I'm going to wait... I'm going to wait to see what they do with Galaxy 1. Like, they haven't announced any new games in the future, but, I mean, with the way Nintendo operates, I don't understand how this couldn't keep going up for a while. I would mm. be more surprised if it didn't than um, than if it if it did. But uh, it, Metroid Prime uh, Trilogy is the last one on their current schedule on January right. 29th, which means that they only have three, works wor- bleh, three weeks worth of releases right now. Yeah. But I'm going to pick it up. Particularly because, and this is uh, this is kind of kind of skeezy territory here. Of those three games, Metroid Prime is the one that does not scale as well in HD. Huh. And and I was thinking when I was hearing this news, I was like, you know, I never had a Wii. Isn't it like? It, <laughs> is it is it how 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 does the rules of emulation work? Like how oh, how is know. it legit if you can emulate a week? Do you have to like buy the disc or something? Because there's like threads and threads and threads of people posting screenshots of Mario Galaxy on Dolphin in like 1080p, uh-huh. and it looks amazing. But the yeah, Wii U version Gerard's, is uh, Gerard's Galaxy Two review, or was it Galaxy One? Uh, he reviewed it a couple months ago, but he did the the HD version or the, the like the scale up version and it looked fucking like gorgeous and, and, and i guess it was on an emulator uh i mean i mean it was on the virtual console which is an emulator wait hold up hold because on. um the hd yeah, version on I, the virtual console no, no it wasn't not like an hd version i'm talking the the scale up on it like oh, the, hmm. the upscale on the graphics when he okay because that's like not the same as like running natively in a higher resolution like okay. well. I, I don't know it's it's complicated and a lot of people like swear it doesn't make a difference but uh, if you've been, like I went on a Twitter rant about it the other night where I was just like posting screenshots of games from from seven years ago that look way better than they have any right to because because <laughs> when they're actually are in HD it uh, Mario Galaxy looks like it was made for for a high resolution like the the uh, the the camera angles and the dimensions mm-hmm. of the assets and the texture working all seem to suggest that mm-hmm. that it was uh, supposed to be on a really big crisp display on a really big wide yeah. resolution. I mean, I think we talked about this last week, but like it's so beautiful, and I think a lot of it has to do with the lighting and just the crisp style of it. It's mm-hmm. it's a really good style. Um, so games that require a Wii and a nunchuck on the Wii are going to require a Wii and a nunchuck on a Wii U. Mm-hmm. However, if, uh, they had support for classic controller, you can use the gamepad instead. And I guess I, I, I kind of deep down inside, as much as I love being able to get the Metroid Prime trilogy and play through those games again for just $10, I still kind of wish they went the extra mile to take advantage of it and like actually put out HD versions or like maybe had some kind of Wiimote emulation that you used with the gamepad touchscreen, maybe. I don't yeah, know. Um, I mean, like 
from what I've heard, all of the games on the Prime trilogy have the same motion controls that that Prime Three had. Where I mean, like considering that the original two, Prime One and Two, mm-hmm. were like built for a GameCube controller, um, I'm wondering. I've never played Trilogy, so I don't know if there's an option to use like standard controller instead of motion it would controls. Makes sense if there was, because that was how the first two games were built. Right, but what I'm saying is like I'm hoping that this Trilogy version doesn't force the the motion controls. Because I would really be interested in trying out the Primes one and two with the gamepad as like my main controller. I'm, I, I'm, I'm excited for the opposite because I just ordered a couple of Wiimotes and nunchucks and I haven't had a chance to play anything with them yet. And I want to just see what that's like. Like I didn't mm-hmm. have a Wii last generation, so I don't know what it's like to play through a game entirely with a with a Wiimote and a nunchuck. Right, right, right. Um, so you, do you guys remember how I think, oh God, I don't know if Jordan was on this one or not, but a few weeks ago we talked about how, how there were people DDoSing the Xbox one and bleh, the Xbox live and PlayStation networks and how they ruined Christmas for everybody. <laughs> I don't think I heard about that. Mm. Well, I was, basically, I was there. yeah, yeah. Jimmy was there. He watched it happen. Yeah. Um, My Christmas was ruined. <laughs> During during Christmas, there were some large scale DDoS attacks on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network. Lizard Squad claimed responsibility, and now uh, this happened on January sixteenth. At least one person has been arrested in connection with uh, with that incident, and and there aren't a lot of uh, details. Like they didn't publicly release a name or something. All the information's coming from the police and no one else, but. Uh, but yeah, apparently, I guess you can get arrested if you're like hardcore enough about wanting to ruin people's Christmas by <laughs> by DDoSing <laughs> networks. I hope he was charged for ruining Christmas. Yes. I wonder if there is a charge for that. Disorderly conduct in offense against a holiday or something. I don't know. He's in Anyways. prison. He's in prison and his new cellmate's like, why are you here? I ruined Christmas. <laughs> the cellmate scoots over. Like farther away from him, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like intimidates him. No one wants to mess with him in the yard. Yeah, <laughs> uh, let's see, let's see. Um, I got more news. Alien isolation. <laughs> Alien isolation. I almost said isolation. <laughs> isolation. Isolation. <laughs> Alien isolation has sold one million copies, and they're really happy about that for some reason. I guess I it's don't know. It's funny because when I read that, I was like, "Oh!" And then you told me that it was good news, and I was like, "Oh." Well. <laughs> I, I guess like they're they're spitting it as good news, but usually games like that sell way more than a hundred million copies. Well, and the sad way thing faster. is, I think uh, Colonial Marines sold way more, didn't it? Because everybody fucking Maybe that's the reason it. why. Maybe everyone uh, got burned so bad by the franchise they didn't want to risk uh, risk it again. I just hope horror games don't aren't selling as bad as the industry always thought they would, because mm-hmm. that made me right. sad. Well, it's like interesting that there's so many indie developers now who are making like a boatload of money making <laughs> horror games. And um, we're still seeing like some of that reflected in AAA release. Like I was just talking about how I went f- straight from The Evil Within to Alien Isolation. And I, I guess Capcom re-releasing Remake Remake counts too as, as like a triple endeavor, triple A. I don't know. What, what even? Like a, that was a triple A game back then. But is the Remake Remake a triple A now? Like how heavily have they advertised this? thing 
Mm, not much. Mm. Well, I don't know how many people are actually interested in... Because, I mean, they re-released it on the Wii and nobody cared. Mm. Um, and well, it's just also, it's a top-down game. Well, if not it was a on the Wii, game. that would mean it um, had a lot less bells and whistles than the current like Super HD version. Yeah. Like, like, I just want to see those backgrounds in 1080p. I want to see that so bad. I can't and wait. Open it. <laughs> um. So, yeah, they're, they released a blog post on the 21st, which was yesterday. For people listening, it'll be two days ago from the day when the podcast goes up. But they did say that they were very, very happy about selling a million copies. <laughs> and that uh, that they wanted to thank their fans. And they, they boasted about the high... Uh, reviews and accolades and awards it's gotten and the whole while I'm just thinking that 100 million doesn't sound a lot for a game that says alien on the cover I don't know it's weird I mean for, it just, for it just a makes budget me, yeah it just makes me wonder how big the budget actually was yeah like if they think it's a good thing like maybe maybe they they made it cheaper than than the usual like if they sold 100 million copies, then that would mean it was good news if it was still cheap to make. And I could understand it. Like, it kind of sort of looks a little behind the times. Like, it's still great to look at in motion, partially because it runs so gosh darn smooth. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I don't know. That's it's, it's really hard to tell just by looking at it these days how expensive a game was to make. Mm-hmm. Really hard. Like a Destiny, for example, was was one of the most expensive game projects next to like GTA Five, but it looks like a video game. Well, yeah. Alien Isolation is one of the most like I, I I feel really dumb saying this, but aside from PT, it looks like one of the most photorealistic. Yeah, I don't know. It's I guess it's something like it resembles human eye vision like the way mm. everything moves there's kind something about of. it right I, I, seen, I see what you're saying it's i've so seen pretty. low resolution gifs of it that almost had me fooled but when i was playing it like in front of my face i i'm not seeing that as much and i'm wondering how that works well pt was the first thing i saw it in and it's just like the way you look around in real life with everything kind of moving in a almost pixely way it's hard to explain i'm sure there's a word for it but because pt still looks really good in in front of your face like it's really funny i i started seeing this with racing games last gen like if you actually lower the resolution and like fuzz it up a bit you will kind of be obscuring the video gaminess of an image to the point where it might technically make it more photoreal and and I'd I'd be really interested to actually s- shrink down and and blur up the video footage of a lot of games to see yeah. how they hold up at smaller sizes rather than bigger ones. It's, is what they do when they uh, show those fake photos of UFOs. You know, they blur it up a bit. You know, makes it seem yeah, real. Yeah, you can't you can't tell what's real <laughs> if everything's blurry. Mm-hmm. All those pictures. Anyways. Of Bigfoot. Um, we got a question on the forums for Jimmy this week. DMA SPAC. <laughs> I, did, I didn't realize how funny that sounded until I said it out loud just now. <laughs> DMA SPAC asks, <clears throat> what kind of music do you guys listen to? And where did you get the intro outro music from? Um, well, I can, a- I can answer the intro outro music. Really yeah, easy. Jimmy knows um, that. We don't. Intro outro music is uh, the same song, and it is the Beatus Blues retro version 
uh, I think it's the special extended cut from the Super Meat Boy soundtrack. I knew it was Meat um, Boy. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <You okay? laughs> I just dropped right? a screwdriver. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> okay. I had a little computer screwdriver on my desk, and I was playing with it, and it fell uh, off. I'm cool. Okay. I'm, tol- I'm totally All fine. Right. George is fine. Um, nothing so nothing yeah. broke. Beatus Blues retro version extended. Uh, like It's like a special extended cut, so it has a different ending sequence that I liked that I put as the outro music. Um... As far as music that we all listen to, I mean, I listen to mainly electronic stuff, uh, lots of like funk, electronic, and that. I mean, like, I listen. I'm gonna be that guy for a second. I listen to everything, but like, <laughs> I just listen to whatever, and I have like a like ass ton of music, so it, it's always changing. Like, I listen to a lot of hip hop today, even though like I was listening to like like Irish punk yesterday. So Irish you're, punk. I mean, it's it's good. It's a good genre. Pirate, pirish, punkish, Pirate metal is actually another good genre. Pirate, I, I can't to. listen. To I went pirate. through a f- I, I went through a pirate metal phase. Metal. Oh, yeah. it's a thing. Yeah. This listen to uh, listen to Alestorm. Alestorm. Yes. <laughs> they, a, they always have such the best names. Oh, it's perfect. They have an album called Black Sails at Midnight, and their premiere song is called Keelhauled. It's really good. Wow. Good good drinking songs for sure. <laughs> what uh, about you guys? Yeah, I, I don't listen to music much. Like I don't really know. I, I seriously don't know. I've never been able to like get into music and define my own tastes and, and particular interests in about it. Like I, I I tap my head to good video game music whenever it comes up, just like anyone else does, I guess. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed listening to a lot of Nine Inch Nails and and Tom Waits and uh See, see, I don't even know what else to say. Like, <laughs> I I went through a year in my life where I listened to them a lot, and then that year was over, and now I just don't really know anymore. Well, sometimes huh. you just latch on to like one particular thing, and if it's if it's vast, you'll just keep like listening to it until it does wear off. Oh, I remember listening to Vast for a while. Wow. Last year of high serious? school, those those were awkward years. Are you being serious? Yeah, that's that's weird. <laughs> what, what was weird about that? That was just a weird, like, like real segue that happened. Yeah. Like, well, Jordan, not, was, uh, Jordan was just using the word vast as, like, a descriptor. And, and that reminded me of the of the that, artist like vast seven years that you ago listened I I listened to vast when I was moving into my college dorm I had that 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 pretty when you smile song on loop and come on I, I can't like, I can't be the only person who finds that really fascinating no, that, that I, just I happened. find that fascinating too <laughs> okay How good it fascinating it was just because fascinating just, okay ah, it's like oh yeah this is the vast I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. What? Go uh, on. Go. I. I don't even know what. All right. Let's let's move on to Jordan. Jordan, what kind of music do you listen to? Oh well, I don't know. I've gone through phases of like every genre. Like my favorite genre is ambient music. That's mm-hmm. like I make ambient music too because uh-huh. I I really love it and I love listening to it and I love making it. But I probably listen to metal more than anything or classic mm-hmm. rock. But like, I mean now like, it's funny like with George saying he listens to video game music. I try to force myself to listen to video game music because, for some reason, I write scripts worse when I'm listening to real music. I don't know why. It makes it harder for me to write. It gives me, like, writer's block when I have music on Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's actually really useful. Having something, like, really repetitive and lo-fi on while you write. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My my script writing music is I go to... uh, There's a guy who runs a YouTube channel. I think his name is, like, Baxiels. It's, like, B-A-X-Y-L-Z. But... He does uh, epic, 
like orchestrated inspirational music compilations and he has like a six hour one and I, whenever I'm writing a script I go to I really, that and I just I really like, like put it on it's I really great. like the idea of you writing scripts to like some kind of inspirational corporate PowerPoint presentation music no it's like it's like it's stuff like uh like that you would hear from like the uh, what is it like okay the last of the Mohicans theme like the opening theme from like the Dark Knight Rises stuff like that where it's like this like really intense orchest- orchestral music that's like uplifting I don't know I don't know that's what I write too and it makes all know. my stuff just sound like here. too sappy and then I have to rewrite it to be less <laughs> sappy I actually used yeah. the trailer music for the Dark Knight Rises for like uh-huh. my demonic countdown because it was like it's like the same four notes over and over again like music like that really bugs me in movies and stuff like I couldn't actually stand it in the dark night but if I have like work to do then I would love to hear just the same four notes over and over again well I'll listen, just to, listen to the soundtrack to the... of the game I'm reviewing like over and over while I'm writing because it like makes me feel like oh I'm yeah that helps it. That, yeah. that always actually I do that now that I think about it I, I don't like set out to do that but wow in a lot of reviews I have left the game soundtrack on while I'm writing yeah really? I remember you were telling yeah. me that you had the uh, you had the uh, what's it called the fire the campfire theme from Shovel Knight going mm-hmm. for like it's two hours or something when you were <laughs> writing that script it was a good night <laughs> <laughs> what about Matt what are you what do you listen to I listen to a lot of I guess you would call it instrumental music um, okay. Okay. You know, just beats and and stuff like that. Video game music falls into that line as well. I've been mm-hmm. I've been obsessed with this artist called uh, Byrocratic. Okay. And like he just does like very uh, smooth, like jazzy beats, slightly hip hop. Maybe have some a little bit of vocals here and there. Just like very like chill music, and I, I just kind mm-hmm. of float from. You know, like drum and bass to video game to jazz to anything, anything really. I, I do listen to the you know music with words in it, but you know, not it's <laughs> not very like it's not in my library all the time. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I usually I'm an instrumental guy. Ambient music is definitely you know part of that. Crowd yeah, when as well. I when I said ambient, I should, probably should have said like instrumental because i've yeah. explored edm and all kinds of stuff for sure yeah just anything so, really yeah so like would you like would you cons- or are you a person who's into stuff like say like flying lotus or shigeto or something flying lotus. i don't know what those are no flying lotus. no I- isn't the isn't the jazzy ambient beats no flying lotus i have heard jazzy ambient before and it's very interesting i don't know if i've like seeked out flying lotus before but i've probably yeah, I haven't I mean, seen that out yet i mean i'm trying flying to look lotus him up. Is, is more like hip-hop but he does a lot of like experimental hip-hop beats and stuff and shigeto as well and there's a lot of like neat like sort of chill ass sort of like music theory inspired hip-hop beats i don't know I, wow I, um so okay stab in the dark <laughs> i i hate to say it because mm-hmm. because we're on we're on a roll here okay. but i have a bus to catch to magfest right. magfest i am i am leaving to catch that bus in 10 minutes i hope okay. to get a nice oh. a nice window seat that i can take a nap in mm-hmm. and it's gonna be a lot of fun i can't wait but mm-hmm. until then we gotta head out. Yeah, so uh, don't forget to rate us five stars on iTunes, and mm-hmm. um, of course, check out that one, videogamer.com, the site that hosts this podcast every week. Uh, a lot of ask, cool stuff on ask there. Ask questions on mm-hmm. the forums, because we answer them. 
We do. We do. We asked. We we just spent like five minutes answering that. <laughs> also, if you're gonna be at Magfest, uh, seek out Mr. George Weedman. If you're listening I, to this like on the, the bus to I'll, Magfest or something, I'll, I'll probably <laughs> be playing Smash in the Smash Room. Go go find the George Smasherium. Hot sweaty Smash Room. <laughs> the Smasherium. The, the the smashopolis the the, the dome the smashtrium I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the smash tray. No, okay. Smashtrium like, is better. I, I think smashtrium <laughs> is like the height okay, of, right, of where I, we're I, gonna I, go. I, yeah, I went too far. All right. Anyway, um, thanks for listening, though, everybody. I hope you guys all have a good week, and uh, thanks for being on, Jordan and Matt. It was uh, good to uh, good to see. Mm-hmm. I missed you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Goodbye, everyone. All right, Jordan wants to call it quits. All right, bye. Okay, bye. 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 Bye.